The following is a paid advertisement of St. Anthony Hospital Orthopedics. References to any specific product, services, or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by St. Anthony Hospital, Carroll Broadcasting, or its advertisers. The views expressed by the host or guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Welcome to the St. Anthony Hospital Orthopedic Show with Dr. Richard Godding. Dr. Godding specializes in joint preservation, reconstruction, and replacement surgery, and brings over 25 years of orthopedic excellence to St. Anthony Hospital and to the Carroll area. For more information about Dr. Godding, his practice, or St. Anthony Orthopedics, go to stanthonyhospital.org or make an appointment by calling 712-794-5536. Good Sunday morning, Iowa. It's Dr. Rick Godding. Thank you for spending some time with me here this morning. And it's just been a brilliant fall week up to this point, up to this <laughs> this Wednesday when I'm recording. Last weekend was brilliant. And so hopefully the weekend that we are in right now as you're listening to this has been brilliant as well. Although I think that they're calling for maybe some showers. But... Uh, Fall is in the air, that's for certain, especially in the morning. You can definitely tell that fall is here. But my youngest daughter is 13, and she's still excited to go to the orchards and uh, do that kind of stuff. It's very, you know, it's not magic like it was six or seven years ago, but she's still excited to do it. And I could probably drag my 15-year-old, and she'd have a good time, better time there than she would think she would have. But it's it's definitely... A, a lovely time of year. I'm just planting some fall carrots and some fall chard. And uh, my tomatoes are just about to explode, uh, my cherry tomatoes. I've got some romas and some, some heirloom tomatoes that are also doing pretty well. And so it's great. I just love It's my favorite time sit on the back deck. And uh, I like to try to make homemade baguettes. I haven't made any good homemade baguettes yet, but I have made homemade baguettes, you know, the long French bread. There's a very nice place near our home uh, that uh, has excellent baguettes, and I try to replicate them, but I haven't been great at it so far. But anyway, get a baguette and cut it up, and then you put some of these tomatoes just in the oven, uh, the cherries, and a little olive oil and a little salt and pepper and that's all you need put it on the bread and it is just tremendous and maybe toast the bread a little bit in the oven and it's tremendous and uh my youngest daughter made a uh, went to a friend's house for a birthday party and he uh my youngest daughter made a uh, pumpkin cheesecake but not like a it was like pumpkin cheesecake squares from scratch, and that was delicious. And I just love it. I love all the fall. I love. I just planted my mums. It's just. It's a great time of year. Think I like it more than spring, except for the fact that winter's right around the corner, and I really don't like winter. I liked winter when I lived in Boulder, Colorado, and I could uh, do some skiing, and it, and the days were sunny, and it. You know, it's interesting. Boulder doesn't get as cold as Iowa. So you would have a day and you could get 18 inches of snow in two days. And then the next day it would be sunny. And it would be cold, but it would be about 36 and sunny. And the snow wouldn't quite be melting. And, you know, you could go out and do stuff. 
And here, well, we know what we get. It's just dark and cold. and So I'm thinking of purchasing... Well, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I'm, I'm going to purchase a... Uh, it's a headlamp that you wear. So in the, in the winter, your circadian rhythms, so the rhythms of how your body goes through the day with respect to the hormones that are released and everything, and it really makes a big difference in, uh, in how, you, how you go through the day. So what I've been doing recently, I listened to a guy named Andrew Huberman, H-U-B-E-R-M-A-N, and his podcast, for any of you who are into podcasts, his podcast is called Huberman Labs, H-U-B-E-R-M-A-N, Huberman Labs. He is a neuroscientist at Stanford, and he he has a podcast, and he talks about all kinds of stuff. And he said one of the things you can do to really help yourself out, just sort of feeling good throughout the day, is to... Uh, in the morning, get outside and get 10 minutes of bright sunlight. Well, it's now too late. In, a, in other words, I'm getting up too early to get any bright sunlight already, and that's going to be all the way through the winter. So what I do is I turn on, I have can lights in my bedroom, and I turn those on, and they're pretty bright. They're certainly pretty bright when you're coming out of dark sleep. And so I do that for 10 minutes, and I do some little meditation, and then I get on with my day. But he also talked about not drinking coffee until you're two hours into the day, so after you've awakened. And, you know, some people say, oh, I can't do that. But apparently, you know, the studies show that you actually do better that way. You actually then don't crash at 11 in the afternoon, that kind of stuff. So I'm already thinking about that, and I'm thinking about these... uh they're called light therapy glasses, and you can get glasses or visors, and um, they're they're not cheap. And I don't have any personal experience with them working, but I am I think going to get some this winter. They're you know if you look at them on Amazon, they're a couple hundred dollars. But man, if you could just feel a whole lot better, I haven't 100% decided if I'm going to do it. But if you could feel a whole lot better during the winter, just psychologically and, and uh, physically, it's probably worth it. So there are other little lamps that you can kind of set up on your desk and things like that. So, you know, I think there's good data for these things, and, and they can help with the with the seasonal affective disorder. Other thing is if you're not sleeping well, I would... Uh, strongly consider if you snore I would strongly consider getting a sleep study there's a lot of people out there who who have sleep apnea and uh, I think a lot of people don't know it and I actually found out that my wife has complained about my snoring and you know I'm kind of been tired in the mornings and I so I went and had a sleep study and I I had 17 events per hour so that sounds like that would be off the charts, but they told me it was only a little bit worse than the threshold. So I think the threshold to use CPAP is like 12 or 15. But anyway, they recommended that I use CPAP. So so I'm going to use CPAP, and then I'm going to lose some weight so I don't <laughs> so I can get rid of my sleep apnea. But the reason that I really started to look into it is because 
my blood pressure shot up. And I, if you've been listening, you heard that I, I bought this device and it was basically a breathing guide. And I, I really couldn't get it down fast enough because I mean my pressure was high. We're talking about 180s, 190s over 90s to 100, which in the normal is 120 over 80. So you're talking a very significant increase over what it should be. So I figured I'll take the medicine and then I'll work on the losing the weight and the sleep apnea. I think is probably the biggest reason that my pressure got up so high and why does sleep apnea cause high blood pressure well there's some physiologic reasons part of it having to do with because you're not breathing properly you get what's called pulmonary hypertension so your lungs aren't clearing the blood out of them so the blood backs up a little bit into the lungs and so that pushes your overall blood pressure that's kind of a simplistic way of looking at it but that's enough pushes your overall blood pressure higher. So, so I, you know, I broke down, I went and did the sleep study and I am really looking forward to getting, getting my CPAP. (laughs) I'm just old, I guess. But I think a, a lot of men over 50, it's more men than women, but women too. If you snore and you feel tired in the morning and if you're a little bit heavy or very heavy or obese, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not that big. I'm not small, but I mean, I could lose 30, 40 pounds, but if you looked at me, you certainly wouldn't say obese. And so I just didn't think it was a thing for me, but it is. And it's interesting. I talked to a colleague of mine who's built just like me and uh, he's like me. He's very active and all that stuff, but he's built just like me. And he said that his doctor was on him to get uh, the CPAP machine or get the sleep study and then follow up with likely a CPAP machine, which is what ended up happening with him. And his said his life is just so much easier. He said it's just easier to get out of bed. It's easier going through the day. He's never tired in the afternoon. So I'm looking forward to all that. I thought it was just getting old. I think that a lot of it is the sleep apnea. And so there's so much to keep track of. And so, I mean, as you get older, there's so much to keep track of, but the foundation of it all is diet and exercise. And so I've really upped my exercise in the last. So I've always lifted weights and or done cardio. And now I'm doing cardio and weights pretty intensely. And I've really clamped down on my diet. I've actually started doing 18 hour fasts four days a week. So I downloaded a a fasting app. So it tells me it's kind of cool because it tells you. So you, you put in your last time that you eat for the day and then it kind of tells you what's happening in your body it'll give you a little alert okay now your blood sugar should be evening out and then at eight hours it says now you're starting to burn fat at 14 hours now you're in ketosis and ketosis you know have heard of the keto diets that means th- those people are those people are trying to be in ketosis most of the time i've done that before it definitely works but i did have some fatigue issues with that diet but knowing that you're ketotic at least a couple hours or four hours a day on the way that i'm fasting and then as you get to the 16th hour of the fast that's when you get into what they call autophagy a-u-t-o-p-h-a-g-y autophagy and what that is is that the cells in your body 
And I don't know, uh, I'm reading more as to what is the actual trigger, but it causes stem cells to regenerate and it causes the, the macrophages in your body. So these are the these are the immune cells that typically get rid of foreign material, whether it be uh, bacteria or anything else, and they start to eat up the cells in your body that are old and weak. And so it's very renewing from a health perspective. Now, I've only just started doing this, so I will tell you how it goes over time. But I, you know, there's a lot of research from super reputable institutions, you know, Stanford, places like that, that you really do get a stem cell reset in a small way by getting into what is called autophagy. And that comes at 16 hours into a fast. And so I fast 18 hours. So I'll eat dinner at 8 o'clock and then I won't eat again until 2 o'clock the next day. And then, of course, I didn't know that I was, you know, at 53, I'm trying to build muscle. I'm in the gym. I'm lifting heavy. Don't seem to be able to build muscle. Well, I started deep dive into my nutrition and I find out that I should be getting a lot more protein than I am. And, uh supposed to be a gram of protein per pound so that's a lot of protein for me and so I have trouble even getting that much just eating and then of course you in order to do that you're going to eat mostly protein which is good for you I mean and I don't worry about the fats or anything I eat a salad with olive oil every night and uh, uh, if I want a steak I'll have a steak uh, most of the time it's lean chicken, but I, I just don't worry about the fat because I'm not eating, eating enough fat calories to make a difference and I'm really working out a lot. So, you know, I think if you if you look at whatever phase you are in your life, I don't care if you're 75 or 80, you can do these things to a scale. You know, obviously you want to talk to your doctor before you start doing anything big and different as you get older. But for those of you who are younger in the 50s, like me, I mean, you got some years left here. And the better you can be heading into 65. So 65 is where it kind of becomes maintenance. So the work that you've put in as far as building muscle is all at 65. It's all about not losing it from there. So the one thing that you can do after 65 is definitely lose fat, but it's hard to put on muscle, but you can stop yourself from losing any more muscle. And again, it comes down to diet and exercise, and you you don't want to do just cardio. So, you know, you can do everything from, like, I mountain bike six, seven hours a week, sometimes eight. Uh, I'm in the gym four, five, six hours a week, working out pretty hard. And so, you know, I'm 53 and I, you know, the longer I keep doing it, the younger I feel. But you have to do some version of both of those. You have to get some cardio and you have to lift some weights. Even if they're light weights, if you're lifting five pounds and that's all you can lift. If, If you can't build muscle, you can even, you can make the muscle cells that you have a little bit bigger if you're even if you're over 65 if you're under 65 you have you still can put on you can still pack on some good muscle so i say all this stuff because when i take care of a patient all of the things that can go wrong with a surgery are related 
mostly to obesity. It's the number one risk factor. Well, diabetes as well, but they kind of go together, right? So diabetes and obesity are the biggest risk factors for complications after surgery. You could also throw in there cardiovascular problems with people on blood thinners. But again, how much of that can be controlled through diet and exercise? And I I know I harp on it, but I feel like that message is not coming across sufficiently in America today. And, you know, Iowa was just ranked the seventh most obese state in the nation. And, um, you know, it's, it takes a real shift. I mean, you got to shift the whole culture in your family sometimes, but it's worth it. It's worth it because, you know, as I get older and I start running into health issues, I think of, you know, I'm just 53. So I just started blood pressure medicine. My goal is to be off of it in six to eight months. I don't have any other medicines I take. And I think everybody's goal should be trying to figure out, instead of getting the right doses, trying to figure out with your doctor, how can I get off these? What's the plan for me to get off these medications? And again, it's diet and exercise. And uh, so get some walking shoes, walk outdoors until you can only walk indoors and walk indoors. A, A stationary bike is great. Lift some weights and eat well. Eat good food. Eat eat nutritious food. It doesn't mean you can't ever cheat and can't ever have a baguette with some uh, grilled tomatoes on it and some olive oil and cheese. You can do that, but you gotta you gotta just make sure that uh, on the day to day you're treating yourself properly because that's what it is. Are you gonna treat yourself properly or not? And if you don't treat yourself properly, your body is gonna come back and let you know that it wasn't very happy with how you treated it. And the rest of your life can be just that much more difficult. So it's never too late. I don't care if you're 85 and you're 70 pounds overweight. You know what? You can be 87 and be a lot less than that. So talk to your doctor. Talk to a dietitian. Join a gym. Buy an exercise bike. Go through your pantry and just take a look at how much processed food you have in there and reduce that amount as much as you can. So that when the winter's over and it starts to get spring days again, you can be healthier than you are right now. I always think that that's the winter goal. Winter goal's got to be to be healthier than in the spring than you were in the fall, because that's when really people get off track in the winter because people get depressed and and people sit around and there's not much daylight. So let's uh, let's try to get motivated for this winter to be healthier in the spring. So, with that, uh, I will bid you goodbye, and you have a blessed week, Iowa. This has been the St. Anthony Hospital Orthopedic Show with Dr. Richard Godding. For more information about Dr. Godding, his practice, or St. Anthony Hospital Orthopedics, go to www.stanthonyhospital.org or make an appointment by calling 712-794-5536.